World Cup Road Trip is supported by supersimplecards.com. Uh, get a 6, 10 or 12 pack of greeting cards. You know that panicky moment when you've got the present and you don't want to spend 11 bucks on some high concept card. Well, this is the answer for you. Um, use the offer code World Cup and get super simple cards. No trees are cut down to make the cards. All recycled material printing uses only vegetable oil-based inks, so they're totally compostable. Find a link in the show notes or go to supersimplecards.com to get 10% off your order when you use the code World Cup. The Special Offsiders on the road, Francis Leach and Barry Cassidy. Barry, thanks for joining us. Tony, this is a thrill. Well, Tony, we are on the road, literally on the World Cup road trip. We are at a Russian truck stop on the road to Illinois. Yes, there's the big gleaming metal bowsers that look pretty 21st century, but a lot of the truck stop doesn't look that 21st century. <laughs> They're fleets of larder trucks, and you know I have a thing for the larder. Built for Soviet times by Soviet technicians, for Soviet drivers, but they've outlasted the Soviet Union. They are magnificent machines. Sure, they belch enough toxic gases to probably burn a football ground-shaped hole in the sky, but no, yeah, these are the price you pay for beauty. But, and you are aiming to get behind the wheel of a larder. In fact, we're thinking of starting a GoFundMe page so that Francis can buy a larder and uh, and drive around Moscow on his last day uh, just uh, just experiencing the Soviet joy. I reckon maybe when we get to Sochi, which is like uh, the Gold Coast on the Black uh, Sea, think about that for a concept for a while, that there's probably a larder appreciation society there and maybe you can ride in a larder convertible with a top down. Oh, it'd be beautiful to see. I'll be there uh, putting it on Facebook Live, Francis. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we are, there are some big commutes on this trip, though. Yeah. Russia's a very big country. And, and uh, people are, are doing it in different ways. I met a guy in the stairwell um, who was on a different tour group to the Green and Gold Army. This guy's on a different planet, actually, but uh, go right ahead. He comes up and he goes, yeah, when are you guys leaving? <laughs> <laughs> I said, uh, 11 a.m. And he said, oh, just miss me fucking bus. And just like, uh, I don't know, you, know, you wouldn't take, you'd be able to take me to Samara? And I said, uh, no, we're going to Ulanovsk, the birthplace of Lenin. And he went, ah, fucking, oh, I don't know what to do. But you've heard of other people battling along a bit? Yeah, people just decide to wing it. So a couple of guys I saw in the lobby this morning had decided to take a cab to Samara themselves, which is about a six-hour drive from, from Kazan. So imagine sitting in Melbourne or Sydney traffic with a metre ticking over for six hours and how much cash you're burning through there. Yeah, it's going to be a costly trip for them, but I'm, I'm pleased to be on there. We're going to have a cultural experience. We're going to see the birthplace of Lenin. Indeed. One of the great towering figures of 20th century history. Oh, he is, and, and I, I, uh, I did a little uh, um, rumination on him earlier, I think, I can't remember, oh, when I couldn't get to his tomb in, in Red Square. He, I mean, he was a doer, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he was, he was an impatient doer, and he wasn't allow, allowing anything to stand in his way for him to get what he wanted, which was, uh, you know, meant that he was quite dangerous in his way too. But uh, these figures in history, they dominate. Well, we're going to learn a bit about him. I've always wondered, does he get painted with Stalin's brush or did he really put away quite a few uh, people himself in terms of uh, deaths um, so I, I'm sure we'll learn more about it over the next uh, day or so more Russian history to come, more larders to come back on the bus Tony and we're going to fucking Samara are you guys going to fucking Samara well look at this, Francis Leach having only slightly ballsed up his attempt to be a flight attendant on the trip into Kazan He's now got the microphone at the front of the bus. Here he goes. 
So guys, just a bit of background on what's been happening at home. I told you before about how Optus have had to hand SBS back the right for the next 48 hours. And this comes after the Prime Minister actually got involved and gave Optus uh, the big foot up the backside and urged them to actually hand it back over to SBS. So that's how serious, and that's how frustrated people at home have been trying to watch the games we've been watching. So on the World Cup Road Trip podcast, let's give a big shout out to everybody back in Australia now that they're actually finally able to watch the World Cup. Tony, sometimes travel sucks. Sometimes it sucks a hell of a lot. Today was one of those Russian days on the road. It certainly was. We went out for a three-hour cruise. A three-hour tour. <laughs> it was. It was a three-hour tour um, on bus nine of the Green and Gold Army convoy. Um, but at some point, we got pulled over by the police. Well, I think we were making okay time at that point. And we got the... Why were we pulled over? And why did we stay stationary for an hour and ten minutes in a hot bus? Because they could, and we did. <laughs> so you were up the front of the bus. Did you get a sense of what the pullover was about? Well, I think the thing is that they checked the manifests of every passenger on the bus and their passport numbers to make sure that they... Uh, they know who's who's on board and where they're going and what hotel they're staying at. So, and they've all, let's keep in mind that they've already photographed, uh, photocopied every passport and every fan ID coming into every hotel. So it's not like they'd only not known where we were for uh, fifty-five minutes at the point where they did another check. They've obviously taken the police a la sting approach to tourism management. You know, every breath you take. Every step you make, I'll be watching you. And they are. They are. They are. And then, of course, we got to town and it was a pretty hot and frustrated bus. And surely in the era of GPSs, you don't want to be seeing a bus doing a 35-point turn at the top of the street because they've gone up the wrong way. <laughs> but it's not, a, it's not a tour overseas in a strange location without a bus being lost somewhere. No, that's right. And, and do you know what's annoying? Um, is when you're at home and you've got a, a shit Optus buffering coverage of the World Cup and two <laughs> assholes are whinging about <laughs> bus trips. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We take it all back. It's been a great day. There's something very different about world sporting events that is different from normal life and it makes people behave in bad ways. And one of the ways people behave in bad ways is completely transgress the normal bounds of relationships. So what's happened here? Tell me what's happened. One of the ways people transgress badly in relationships is they behave in a way that's just not how couples should behave. If you're trying to get tickets to a World Cup match, you're desperate. You're just trying to get a ticket. And one ticket is worth getting. And this is... The value of one ticket is high but it doesn't suit at all your relationship or your travel circumstance. And all you have to hope is that you can get two or three or however many tickets are in your group to work together. Road trippers, meet Cameron Fink, uh, ticket philosopher and friend and colleague of mine. Uh, what's going on here, Cameron, with that very long intro? Can you tell, to girlfriend Edie, can you tell us? I think he's having a lot of emotions trying to describe about why he may have been an asshole <laughs> and bought himself one single ticket despite his travelling party of four to the Germany game and lied about it completely <laughs> when asked. Look, um, that is a very fair assessment. 
In my defense, can I say, my intention all along was to get as many tickets as I could, and, as fate would have it, have somehow come through and bought a bank of four. We've got four tickets, so... I'd like myself. to just rewind for a second in this conversation, and uh, I remember maybe two nights ago I got to Kazan, and it had been a long day of travelling, and he sat me down and said, you know, possibly we could get some tickets for this game, we might sit separately, but what do you think? It'll be a long shot, but let's go for it. Secretly knowing he had a solo ticket for himself the whole time and sat me down. What do you think about this? No, he had that ticket. Nothing for me. He just wanted to go. So, but you, you kept fighting, Cam. Is that your is that your defence here? Guilty. Absolutely. So you kept, but, but you were still in the trenches fighting Guilty. for tickets. But. In my defence, I would say that I know how scalping tickets works and you can always get another one. Can I just also interrupt? When you were talking about scalping tickets, did you tell me it is impossible to get four in a row? I did, and look, I'm not going to say it was anything to do with my own skill. I just happened to find a guy who found four tickets in a row. And so what ended up happening to close out the stories we have three tickets in a bank for myself Edie my girlfriend and Shelly our friend and a travelling partner and not coincidentally Tony Wilson three oh my god <laughs> so you've bought four and you're and, and, and you're only a party of three Tony would you like our spare ticket to this match oh let's all just make up shall we <laughs> <laughs> let's all just make up let's you all just have a hug let's get a beer <laughs> Tony, you won't believe who I ran into as I came into the fan fest, but David Laden and the four Order of the Socceroos recipients in Prams after the game. David, how did you go today with Team Australia? Buddy, just look at the collection here. Look at the collection. It's not bad. <laughs> That's how we've gone. It's a good collection of cups. We're spewing about the result, man. But this was your dream to come. You took your family. Oh, yeah. It was, it was re- the love of your life who's ready to help you live your dream. First World Cup game. Tears, now, man. Tears. Tears coming down big time, dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to do with the kids and stuff. It's amazing, man. How was it for you, given that you've got two double prams, you've got four wonderful children in them, um, and you had to negotiate 42,000 people at the stadium and getting through... Did this- it's not it doesn't easy. It's the Russian rules. The Russian rules. Yeah. You know, that make it tricky. You know, exit through a car park. We're like, we just want to go for the fans. They're like, no, 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 you can't go back. We just came back from there. That's the tricky bit. But the game was sensational. Just being in the stadium with the kids and seeing and experiencing that, amazing. Man, and the soccerers did well. Yeah. They did They did awesome, dude. And the Frenchies, they just could bite their own lips because yeah. you know what? <laughs> assholes. Arrogant pricks. <laughs> to be honest, dude. Right. And how are you holding up? I, I, I had an argument with a Frenchie there. He goes, maybe you should stick to rugby. I said, maybe you should stick to ballet. <laughs> Word. Yeah. Now, how are you holding up? You've, you've done your first World Cup game. We've got our front four here. Who sent, um, how are you holding up, Laden? Yeah, good. Yeah. I'm good. We walked all the way. We walked here. Stadium. Yeah, we walked from the stadium to here. Biggest buses here, right? Yeah. It's you true. people are crazy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> You know, How far was it? You know, it, it's been. It was at least forty minutes. But they crashed. They slept. So time, yeah. <laughs> time yourself while you're walking four children in a pram. In the sun. In the sun. But look at the view. I mean, it's just. It's sensational. It's beautiful. Just bought some beers. Yeah. And then chilled out. Yeah.
You are Australia's favourite family. You realise that, don't you? We better let you get these ones home. Did you have fun at the football today? Yeah. Yeah. Go Socceroos? Yeah, of course you did. It's nil-nil at the moment. We want it to be nil-nil. Red card for Ericsson. Guerrero, whatever his name Onwards to, to Samara. To Samara, yes. You're going all right? Yes. So tomorrow we'll spend the day sightseeing. Yeah. And then we'll prepare for our day of travel to Samara. We wish you Godspeed, love. Thank you. Thanks so much. We'll need it. We'll see you there. <laughs> I'm not sure speed is the right word. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, mate. So now... We've, we've bumped into one of your dreaded English fans. I can't Francis. not love him. He's one of us too. He's Australian. He's following Australia, uh, as, <laughs> as in he's on the Follow Australia tour. Uh, but what's your name? My name's Martin. Now, I'm Martin, Martin, your boys are about to take the pitch. Can you? How are you feeling? Okay, I'm feeling quite confident. Okay, quietly. I know that's not being put out there. Everyone is getting this opinion that England, uh, you know, not quite there yet. They need a couple of more years. But personally, I think that is just a media, and I think actually England will do quite well. They've got a lot of young players. They've got a good, exciting team. I think this is our year. How hard would it be to be the England manager? If you win the World Cup, you're expected to. If you don't, you're the worst manager in the world. You can't win in that job. I remember Gareth Southgate has come up through. He's looked after the under-21s. He knows what he's got coming through. You've got to look at, for the last couple of years, England have won the under-17 World Cup, the under-19 World Cup. You know, they've got a great batch of players coming through. It's only a matter of time. If it's not this one, it'll be the next one. So everyone always says that the English media create a situation which is intolerable for the players. Do you think there's been an actual effort from the media this time? I do, actually. I think the media has damn played it. But if you talk to English people, who, as an Englishman, you talk to other English people, I think there's a, this underlying thing that actually this might be a year. I think the media are saying, no, 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 let's stand play it. We're not ready yet. But I think that there's a quiet confidence going under there. I think England have got a great chance. And as the people who invented the game, what would it mean to win the World Cup again? Uh, I want another star on my show. We've got one star. We want two stars. Those bloody Germans, those Brazilians, they got four and five stars. I want another one, and I want to catch them up. When are we going to get a star, Tony? We were. We (laughs) We only just found out about the star today. I don't mind admitting it. You know, someone in the, within our tour said about, oh, you're good to see you guys got your stars on your shirt. And we said, yeah, and? And he said, it's for winning the World Cup. And then the German guy that you, you're with or sitting there, he's got four. We want to get up there somewhere, eventually. Might take us a while, you know, two would be nice, second one would be nice, but whether it happens or not, you know, we'll wait and see. Good young squad. Can only get better. Maybe might take us another four years. So tell us, who's going to score tonight? Kane to get two and miss a penalty. <laughs> but that's just a suck up to his coach, so Gareth Southgate <laughs> doesn't feel so bad for, was it 98 it, or, yeah. or 96? Be on an hat trick and miss the penalty. And right, I'm, I'm going for three nil. I'm not sure who's going to score. I'd be happy with anyone. So. And can you give us a, 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 a rousing chorus of your favourite English chant or song? There you go. You are. You will sell your soul in a flash, Francis Leach. I was slut for it. You ever wish that offsiders was delivered with? 
beer in hand on the road in Russia. Well, this is about to happen. I'd like to introduce a special offsiders on the road, Francis Leach and Barry Cassidy. Barry, thanks for joining us. Tony, this is a thrill. <laughs> Barry, you've made it to the World Cup. You're here. Yep, my first. Adam's second. I mean, he's the football expert. He's the one you ought to be talking to. But, yep, my first. What are your impressions, though, being in the middle of the World Cup, though? Yeah, look, Moscow, my first impression in Moscow was Peru owned the place. Yeah. Do you notice that? The, uh, well, we, had, we had Mexicans in our hotel, and they, well, they brought their own mariachi band. So right, they where we were, Peru were everywhere, and I think it's because they were celebrating just being here, yeah. right? Like we did in 2006. Yeah, 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 and that was fantastic to see. They were, they were everywhere. Uh, Kassam was a nice surprise. Not just the game, but the whole, the whole town. Was, was a, it was a buzz. When the Australians walked out, though, you've experienced sport all over the world. Yeah. You've been in a lot of big games at the MCG. What yeah. was it like for you? How did it, how did it feel for you to, to be there as that team walked out? There's nothing like international sport. That was the difference. And, and to hear your, your, your anthem played. and uh, You know what struck me about that, though? The Australian crowd was more into it than the French. The French were subdued from the start. And at the end, what really struck me... The French left the field straight away, didn't thank their supporters, and they'd won the game, and the crowd was kind of subdued. The Australians were raucous, right? They and 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 the players stayed on and thanked the crowd even though they'd lost, and that was kind of that was very impressive to me. Yeah, my theory on that is that we travel such a long way to be here, and we know what sacrifices we make, and yeah. and there's that sense of camaraderie. And my, when we sing the national anthem, I said this before: we're not singing for ourselves, we're singing for people back home. It's like trying to yeah. reconnect everyone. We know who are up watching it crazy late at night to what's happening in the stadium, and that, that's yeah. And I, and I think because the French are in the region broadly, yeah. right? They just think, well, the groups they turn up. For the, the finals. Yeah, in the semis, <laughs> or the quarters. And they just assume the group stage will take care of itself, whereas Australians are here while we're still in the action. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> has Russia surprised you? Yeah, yeah, it has. It's it's more sophisticated, except this bar where you can't get a drink unless you're prepared to queue for half an hour because of all the Aussies. Well, it brings that um, old Soviet flavour that queuing is part of the national culture, so you get a bit of that. With you the, know, the with first the, bar I went to when I arrived in Moscow, I'd run out of beer. And, and the guy said that the Australians drink like Russians. And we just didn't expect that. <laughs> and what about if we uh, if we flow our our on the road offsiders into some insiders? What have you yeah. What have you thought, thought about the politics here and your perception of the way that people are living and how they whether they like or dislike their regime? We turned up at this um, restaurant last night, and the young waiter spoke pretty good English. He said, "Why are you here?" We said, "World Cup." Yeah, 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 yeah. But why here in Ulam Oskar? <laughs> Which is, and we explained that it was in the middle. And Adam said, um, "It's a really nice town." And she said, "Really?" <laughs> she wasn't persuaded uh, about the attraction of her own town. Look, I think they find it pretty tough. Some of them, they prefer to be somewhere else, but they haven't got much choice, have they? No, they don't have much choice. They have to calibrate what they think and say as a consequence of all of that. And the thing is, we look here now, but maybe because we had a sort of a rocket in Bullwinkle view of Russia, Boris and Natasha. That everything was so grey and drab. That's what we grew up with. Yeah. We shouldn't confuse modernity for civility. That's my take on it. And it is beautiful, but there's a whole range of other, uh, you know, difficult things that people have to navigate in order to enjoy a comfortable life. And one of them is maybe not speaking their minds the way that we might choose to. Yeah. Though I did notice with some of them that they are they are willing to talk about how difficult things are. But I wouldn't break politics with them. I'd leave that alone. I'd... 
you know, I'd, I'd love to. I'd, I'd love to be able to sit somebody down and have a quiet conversation, but if somebody else is listening, I'd probably miss the game of Samara, so I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and we are here for one thing, really, and that's the football. Yeah, Barry, it's so football. good to see you here in Russia. Good on you guys. We'll see Great you on to the catch up. And what, you've got the cheapest taxi fare in the history of taxi uh, fares. Seriously, I was worried about how we get from Samara to Ulvanovsk um, and then uh, oh, Kazan. $100 for three hours on the road, right? Four of us in a cab. That wouldn't even get you to Tullamarine. 100 bucks, three hours. <laughs> Just incredible. And the bus takes five and a half. So that was 100 bucks, well worth spending. Indeed, you did get put over the cops twice like we did, so you win. <laughs> yep. Well done. Thanks, Thanks, Barry. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Barry. Did I see the goal? I didn't even see the goal. I just got a little bit overly excited, I must admit, okay? The emotion of the game and all that sort of business. I think England had a hard time. I think the penalty was not a penalty, okay? 100%. 100%. Yeah. But I think they deserved to win just. They didn't dominate it. I think they were the better team and they deserved the result. I think a draw would have been a, a ba- obviously a bad result for England. But I think they deserved more from it. I think Tunisia started to fall over the usual... I don't know, continental thing where someone walks up to you, you fall over. I'd like to think England don't do that, but I'm biased. But at the end of the day, I think England deserved a result. It, w- it would have been an injustice, anything else. We should have been 2 or 3 new up even before exactly. that penalty was given. Um, they played such good football. Everyone was running for everyone else. And it was working out really well. And a stupid penalty decision, as Martin just said, wasn't a penalty. And then we struggled for a little while. We did struggle, there's no doubt about that. But we got the result in the end, and that's what it means. That's what it's all about. And when the Australians started giving it to you, Chris, what did you say to them? Tell me what you said. Martin, but no, I weren't weren't happy. I I was a little bit abusive, I must say. (laughs) What did you say? Well, I told them to fuck off, you cunt Aussies, okay? (laughs) But it wasn't like... I've supported Australia when I'm over here. I'll give it my best for Australia. I don't know, I just feel it was a bit rude having to go to England when they've obviously, obviously got no allegiance to Tunisia, it's just a wind-up, so I wasn't happy. It, it didn't have to happen, and the way they'd done it, they was hanging over the balcony, and even the friends we're with, they'd come over, younger blokes and us, saying, don't worry, we'll help you if something happens and whatever, it didn't need to happen, and Martin go up at the end to, you know, give it back to him, and, you know, why not? But it could have got silly, you know, and... It, it didn't have to happen. It really didn't. Have. And the main thing is, we won fucking two one. Go Harry Kane. And no aggro as well. It's all good. It's all what good. What about Harry's there though? <laughs> I didn't it's, a yeah, it's, it's a beauty. Yeah, it was. He's, he's it's not the first goal, of course. Didn't see the second goal. He, he's a, he, he is a legend. The reason is he leg, he's a legend. He went out on loan to Millwall, which <laughs> is our team, right? We taught him Millwall. out to score goals. Millwall. Same with Tim Cahill. He came to Millwall. We show players how to get better, right? And that's why I'm to Harry Kane, and Harry's a legend. And so you're a Millwall fan too? Yeah, yeah, and we've got this sort of, there's a thing about Millwall, no one likes us and we don't care. So why don't people like Millwall? Because it's a hard club, isn't it? Oh, the fans have a reputation for being hard. Yeah, the fans have a reputation for being hard, and for, I suppose, away supporters don't like coming here either, because there tends to be a little bit of trouble every so often. So, they've got a reputation, they've cleaned it up, but every now and again something happens, no matter where in the country, and suddenly it's Millwall's fault. And so what about Tim Cale? What can you tell me about him? What do you, what, what, what do you well, think of when you think of Tim Cale? He's Cahill? a Millwall legend. Right, he's a he, legend full stop, but 
I suppose he's, he's got limited time there. Do you know what I mean? Good luck to him. I hope he comes on and scores a goal for Australia. But he's running out of time. But he, he but came, I love him to bits. He came to Millwall, made his name at Millwall, got us into an FA Cup final against Manchester United. Obviously, it was going to be a struggle to try and win. We ended up in Europe for a couple of games. And he's come back. And when he came back, just sheer coincidence, his backroom starter, his backroom power. But we went on the run about 17, 18 games when he, uh, without losing. And we nearly made the playoffs. And it, apparently, a lot of it is down to win. But all up for the Aussies. We're all up for the next game. Yeah. And Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Yeah. Yeah. Oi, oi, oi. Moi, moi, moi. Let's go. Moi, moi, moi. Exactly. <laughs> Beautiful. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you there, boys. Tomorrow. We'll enjoy we'll your tomorrow. Enjoy your win. Yeah, yeah you too, well mate. Done. Good luck. See you. Thank Cheers, you for mate. Thank you for that. Tony, Belgium have announced themselves. They're three to the good against Panama, and Romelu Lukaku has scored his second for the game. They could possibly be about to meet their destiny. Is that the best generation of Belgian footballers ever? They look like they're in tune this time. They have mucked it up before, and at least they haven't mucked it up against Panama. And we haven't mucked it up either, Francis, because after rumours of there being no burger, we have picked up a burger with a sausage as well that is inside the burger. It was the German burger. It said, with sausage, I said, how can I say no? And it saves time later. You don't have to get a sausage. It's already sitting there at the back of your throat. Well, I'm really looking forward to Belgium running the World Cup now. They're away. They're ready to go. It's all happening here at the top up in Ulyanovsk, which I'm sure is what Vladimir Ilyich Lenin had in mind for this, his city. This is what he dreamt about, this is what he worked for for all those years. He Tourists went, spending heaps of money in overpriced bars, being exploited by the capitalist system and the industrial franchising of retail beer for the glory of Mother Russia. He'd love this bar. Uh, beers that are beers all more than $10, beers numbered off from 1 to 70 from all over the world. Uh, in Lenin's Russia, it would have been one beer. You get to have one beer, like one, one choice. Well, Vladimir, we like your town. We like your <laughs> town, Vladimir. And we're going to party like it's 1918. <laughs> like it's not even uh, 16. I'm not sure 1916 was that much of a party here. No, maybe not. I've tried to find a party here in the Soviet Union before. Maybe. Oh, yeah. World Cup Road Trip is supported by supersimplecards.com. Find a link in the show notes or go to supersimplecards.com to get 10% off your order when you use the code WORLDCUP. England, 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 England.